Are local lore, legends, and laughter your thing? Then come check out our podcast, or so they say, where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. We're your hosts, Midwest twins Megan and Kelsey. Join us every Thursday where you get to hear not just the history behind haunted locations, but our own personal experiences as well. Faceless nuns. Check. Harmonica playing ghost. Check. Tangents that have nothing to do with spooky things whatsoever. You have no idea. So join our spooky crew and follow along as we investigate a haunted place near you. Listen to, or so they say, wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Come check us out. Goodbye. Bye. These are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss gremlins. And those participating in the science fair, please meet in Professor Hansen's office after school. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club, where your host, Megan. And that one, the only. It's me. It's me, John. All right. Well, <laughs> this is uh, another episode really close to our last episode, so there's not a whole lot to catch you guys up on. Since really. we had a delay in our posting of our last episode. <laughs> just sick. People are just sick. Yuck. It's never ending, man. Everyone that I work with is going through it right now. More people need to start taking some emergency or something. I, I've i never had that in my life, and I'm doing just fine. A lot of people swear by it. Emergency. Use it. Sponsored. Oh. Okay. Not sponsored. <laughs> um, you can put it anywhere, Megan. You can put it in your tea. You can put it in your coffee. Oh, I would not recommend. How do you know if you don't try it? Because, anyway... Yeah, I I have nothing to catch you up on. I really don't either. Uh, we've pretty much just been really busy. We're just one step closer to the holidays. The, oh, I thought you were going to say the edge. No. <laughs> and you're about to break. No, we're like, what, at this point we're down less than two weeks till Christmas if you celebrate, so what the heck? Ooh, we are. Yeah. Have we gone Christmas shopping? No, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a part of the adventure, though, because you know we're just going to do it online. I know, but will it get here on time? Yes, because I believe in Christmas magic. I'm going to be sweating it. <laughs> 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 All right, well, speaking of Christmas magic, we're trucking right along Very through December so. with our Christmas movies, Christmas-themed movies, if you will. And Baby, it's cold outside. Today, we're going with one of John's favorites. It's the best Christmas movie ever. We'll talk about it. <laughs> what do you mean we'll talk about it? We're covering 1984's Hold up real quick. Gremlins. <laughs> I know what we're talking about. How, what would you put over it? Several things. Oh, oh, honey, no. Home Alone, The Santa Claus, Home Alone, is not, a be- Home Alone is not a better movie than Gremlins. I'm here to tell Scrooge you right now. isn't? Um, which one's going to... Okay, which one's more remembered? Scrooge or I, Gremlins? I don't think that's fair. I think... I don't know. I 
That's a personal preference. I would choose Gremlins over Scrooge. Well, how about we talk about Gremlins and see how we feel after we discuss? <laughs> That's fine. How's that sound? Well, let me give you a little synopsis of... It better be good. Uh, I can tell a better story. You know I can. All right. <laughs> I don't write these, John. This I is know. just what they are. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what I got off of the interwebs. It says... A gadget salesman is looking for a special gift for his son and finds one at a store in Chinatown. The shopkeeper is reluctant to sell him the mogwai, but sells it to him with the warning to never expose him to bright light, water, or to feed him after midnight. All of this happens, and the result is a gang of gremlins that decide to tear up the town on Christmas Eve. It's a good movie. That sounds like a great plot to me. Pretty much it. That's a, the yeah, movie that's, in a nutshell. That's really good. They didn't mention anything about the. They don't have the to give. Shop. I know, but you still got to mention the the shopkeeps. Well, store owner, I guess you could say he owned that thing. You got to mention his milky eye. They don't have to. That's gross. They could mention it. It happened. Well. Mugwai, not for sale. Let me go ahead and give you some numbers and some <laughs> names. How about that? Let's yes. do that first. <laughs> I already told you it released in. Uh, 1984. It released on June 8th, 1984. Yeah, it's not a winter movie. Yeah, but it's a Christmas movie released in the middle of summer. Why? Christmas in July. I I guess, except it was June. <laughs> Stop ruining my logic. <laughs> okay. It was directed by Joe Dante. Joe Dante. Very good which director. I have, what else have they directed? Uh, he directed The Howling. Okay. Uh, I believe he did Inner Space. He did a, quite a few movies. He's really known for being a part of. He kind of jumped in with the Spielberg uh, group, uh, Chris Columbus and them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great director though. Small Soldiers, which what that's an animated movie. The no, no, whole. no, it's not. It's a movie about puppets. Oh, not puppets. Uh, action figures that come that are AI. Okay. The whole what the heck? Gremlins, Inner Space, The Burbs. I love The Burbs. Matinee. With John Goodman. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's actually this movie earned a Saturn Award for Best Director. I know, isn't that cool? Go, Joe. You go, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) It was distributed by Warner Brothers. I don't know why I copied all of this, but I've never mentioned that before, but we're going to mention it now. Honestly, that's a good thing to mention because Warner Brothers had a major, major contract Mm -hmm. with Spielberg that involved his his circle. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's talk some numbers. The budget of this movie was $11 million. And, of course, I did not do a conversion. I guess I could have brought that up. But it's okay. Just double it. You can double that. In 1984? Well, maybe more than just a little bit double. <laughs> yeah, what would that be called? Inflation calculator. Yes. Inflation. Ca- I should just, like, have this pinned. You should already have it ready. Point. I should have. All right, so let's see. $11 million in 1984. Mm-hmm. I'll get you. Hold on. <laughs> oh, the rhythm's going to get you. That would be rhythm's 31.5. 31.5 Okay, it's almost three times its money. Yep. So the box office on this movie. Insane. It was. It did well. It was $212.9 million. So 213. Just say 213. I, yeah, but that blows my mind that it did that much in the middle of summer for a summer blockbusters. 
Yeah, that would be the equivalent of six hundred and ten million. Today. In the eighties, too. How crazy is that? So weird. I have a really fun fact about this that people uh, I don't know if they know it or not. Mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty four was such a incredible year for movies. Do you know what that movie opened up against? Yes, I know what. Uh, oh, do you want me to say Same it? day, <laughs> if you. Oh, if you want, I don't care. Yeah, it opened against Ghostbusters. Yeah, they opened on the same day. Isn't that all? That's how. That's how stacked. So weird. Yeah, like, and you don't know what movie's going to be a hit, and what movie's not going to be. Mm-hmm. The, no one thought Ghostbusters was going to be the phenomenon it was. <laughs> no point in it. No. Uh, did they think that? the gremlins was going to be a success because honestly i do think gremlins was a huge cash-in because of all the tie-ins it had with it plus they were i think they were gonna do i read something a long time ago about how there was plans for more movies and all that mm-hmm. but you know they had to spend a ton of money on those uh, those animatronics oh yeah i'm sure they weren't i mean depending on how many they had i guess <laughs> a lot several <laughs> Okay, we can cover the cast here, which I'll be honest, I can only, I'll, okay, we'll just cover the cast because I don't know what I can help m- you out. much these other people have been in. I do. The main character, Billy, or one of your main characters, Billy is played by Zach Galligan. Mm-hmm. Also from Waxwork. I've never heard of that. Oh, he's got a, he's got a, a small part in, <laughs> what's it, a Warlock 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got Corey Feldman, who plays Pete. No idea who Corey Very is. Young. <laughs> yeah, that is a young Corey Feldman, which we've already covered uh, one or two movies, two movies he's been in, right? Yeah. Because we Goonies did. and Lost Boys. Yes. Yep. Then there's Phoebe Cates, oh. who plays Kate. <laughs> my Phoebe Cates. She is my all-time crush all-time it's like third movie in a row you're like oh that was my crush megan <laughs> i didn't crush hard and i did on phoebe cates you don't realize me and phoebe cates oh okay we were destined. she is in drop dead fred and fast times <laughs> oh all right we've got she was hot okay my god we've got hoyt axton which what an awful name it literally sounds like you're about to spit hoyt who is it he's the dad I don't remember him from anything else. No, I don't either. And I've watched a lot of movies. There's Francis Lee McCain, who plays the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Reinhold, who plays a random character that you only see for like five whole seconds. His name is Gerald. Yeah, he's the uh, the banking like assistant manager. Yeah, but he plays such an insignificant part. Well, you uh, got to have characters. And he was friends with Phoebe Cates, Phoebe Cates coming off of Fast Times. Uh, he's also in the Santa Claus and Santa Claus too. Yeah. As uh, Neil, he plays the really nerdy yeah. stepdad or whatever the heck yeah. he is. Uh, you can't. He's in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. That's what he's always yes, going to be known for. Yes, that too. I was going for Christmas movies. Oh. I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> like. I meant to like. Uh, an, uh, like, oh my god, I've <laughs> lost the word now. I feel really stupid. Anyway, I meant to say that. That's what I meant That's to say. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Did you know that Gizmo was played by somebody? Yeah. It's um, Howie Mandel. What in the world? Howie well, no Mandel. One how, no one knows how Howie Mandel like they know him now. Now he's I, just the bald dude that's trying to get people to guess cases. Deal or no deal. Yeah. <laughs> like back in the day, he was a really good uh, voice actor. He did like Bobby's World, you know, Little hmm. Monsters. He was everywhere. I didn't know that. Dick Miller's in this movie too, don't forget. And he is amazing in everything. 
Who did he's he... famous for sci-fi. He uh, plays Mr. Putterman. Oh, is that the or guy? Putterman. Who... I'm sorry. Who is that? The guy who drove the tractor thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't really write down any more of the cast just because I don't recognize a lot of them from anything. A lot of voice actors, you know, mm-hmm. like Frank Miller or Frank Weller, Welker. He's famous for Scooby-Doo and stuff. He was uh, one of the all-time voice actors. Hmm. Okay. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not see, not a star-studded cast. And even at this point, Corey Feldman was not a big name. No, he's he just was a just, young kid. He was getting started at this point because he had done around this time. He was also getting ready to do or had just done Probably Friday, right? Yeah. Would he have done that first, or is it about to happen? This well, is nineteen. 19- 84. I got to think because I believe Friday Friday 4 came out in 80, 84, 83 or 84. No, so, no, 83 would have been Friday 3, uh, 3D. Okay. So, uh, 84. Because uh, New Beginning came out in 85. Man, I'm good with my ears. Uh, and oh, then he ear, also did, I, you said years. I thought you yeah. said ears. <laughs> I'm good with my ears, too. Uh, Goonies came out in 85, which... He he took a break from Goonies to do that short part in part five. Yeah, so hmm. he had he to was shut just these starting to take off. You got to think that's a lot of work for him. Well, he was getting ready to start like a long stint of work because then he goes into Goonies and then he went from a child actor boys and to preteen really fast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Implied, by the way, was the word I was looking for earlier. Oh. It was really ticking me off. I, I was going to just burn me inside out if I didn't think of that <laughs> word. Just going to ruin my day. It is. It's going to make just me really inferno mad. of fury just pulsing through your veins. Do you ever, you just forget like really simple words and you're I like, I do it what? all the damn time, Megan. I couldn't remember <laughs> what the freaking word was. I think it was like repent. Oh. I tried to think of it and I called it everything but that. I think I even called it reput. Oh, God. Like I missed my golf shot and had to keep putting. Oh, okay. Well, that's all I've got as far as numbers and cast for the movie. If you want to go ahead and just go right into it. Yeah. Okay. Movie starts really fast in Chinatown. Yeah, the dad is like narrating the movie to start. Yeah, he's also... He's that. What a random job. Like they're, where he's from is just so poor and... Which makes no sense because it's so beautiful. Like he's yeah. a traveling, he's a traveling inventor, which is weird. I can't imagine that's too lucrative, especially considering his um, inventions are not that great. Right, and they have a really nice house. Yeah, and the mom, but, she doesn't do anything, right? No, she's a homemaker. Yeah, but let's be honest. I got to be, and I'm going to be honest. I 100% would have bought the bathroom buddy. It He has good ideas. It's just he doesn't execute them well. It looked like a, a bar of soap, though. It did. <laughs> like it no big. one's wanting to carry that around in their pocket. There was one point in the movie that he's working on a card counting machine. Mm-hmm. When that actually exists now, there are things that will shuffle and pass out your cards for you right. for card games. Also, he had the, the Mr. Coffee. Uh-huh. That became a thing. Made express on all that. You saw how thick that shit was. And I don't know. Was he trying to like reinvent the juicer with the orange juice thing? I Just too lazy to let his wife go and buy one. I guess. He's like, well, I can make that. But 
to be fair, I crochet and I am really bad about seeing stuff in stores and going, I can make that. <laughs> right. You are. You are. How many of those things have I made? None of them. Right. <laughs> That's okay. You're also like, think of the money we'll save, John. <laughs> no money saved because you didn't make it. Takes me a Joanne's, spends yeah. $50 on yarn and does not make what I said I was going to make. Lovely collection. <laughs> I have a lot of Every yarn. Every color you can think of. It, yeah, every style, all, all different types of fibers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chartreuse, rubber goose, green moose, guava juice, <laughs> all those colors. I can open my own yarn store and sell it back. <laughs> <laughs> what was the color we were trying to think of? Yesterday? Viridian. Viridian, because it's from Beetlejuice. Because I was like, don't try to school me, Meg. I got really I got really offended. Because you said forest green. I said, ah, it's Viridian. And I stopped you. And then I, I got really upset. And we were like, talking about then, yarn. It was yeah. a rolly yarn. Yes. And then I, I pointed out Beetlejuice. I was like, I'll remember that tr- that salt color for my whole life. Hydrated chloronic oxide. <laughs> <laughs> Blue green. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Tag the wall with it. What were we even talking? Oh, the inventions. I'm like, how did, <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah. So his inventions are poor at best. And I feel bad because he does poor. try. Poor. They're not great. They're trash. You can call it for what it is. <laughs> I said poor at best. So that's I said the- trash as in that if you bought it, it was out of pity and then that thing's going in the garbage. They said they worked for a little while. The egg cracker thing. You can't just use your damn hands. Look, okay. I can see how that would be helpful if you are making like some type of cake or any type of recipe where you need to be doing multiple things at once. Like, here, crack my eggs. I'll be over here whisking. And uh, Meg, you can crack eggs off the bowl that you're yeah. making your cake in. It's Look, I, like I said, it was a convenience thing. Would I have <laughs> bought it? No. I did like that it clucked. <laughs> and it did. It had a little chicken on it. Yeah. Cracking its own eggs open, which seems really dark from the chicken's it's perspective. It's kind of a dark movie, Megan. It is. It fits the theme. Also, don't forget, speaking of eggs and chickens, don't the gremlins eat chicken? Uh, they do. There they you go. They Full circle. Chicken. <laughs> the kernel. Back to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> All them secret blends of herbs and spices. Did you know that the... Look, now see, you got me going again. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you know that the KFC Twitter account only follows 11 people? And it's that's hilarious. It's the Spice Girl, all the Spice Girls, and the rest of them are guys named Herb. Really, Herb, whatever. That's yeah. funny. So it's eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's, that's what I've heard. I re- don't really get on the Twitter, so I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Speaking of KFC, got to talk about them KFC fries. They're all time. <sighs> we're not sponsored, but boy, I wish we were. I know. <laughs> Just a bathtub full of KSC fries and some gravy. The, possibly the best fries I've ever had. There, I l- really liked Rally's fries until Same. I had KFCs, and I said, "What is this?" No, I think third on that list probably it had to be like McDonald's or uh, Popeyes. Really? Because I'm gonna put like Steak and Shake. I love a good shoestring. <laughs> <laughs> we love fries, man. We're just gonna start doing more shit based around fries. Let's be honest. You remember oh when uh, you remember when Burger King used to have really good fries and they turned them into whatever they are now? No, mm. Now they're like paste filled, like like Ew. I don't know what you would call it. tubes. Uh, they're not even tubes. <laughs> Ugh. I I I just I don't know what to call them. They're never crispy. They're always 
gross soggy yeah no. like they're filled with like potato pudding stop awful we've spent uncomfortable now time talking about fries <laughs> Ooh, another fry that's underrated oh. really quick them crinkle cuts from um arby's i i don't get arby's a lot i like their crinkle cut fries hmm. we're gonna have to do a definitive ranking of our fries yes for sure because we'll Denny, Denny's going to be somewhere on there too. Who? Denny's. I haven't been to Denny's in a long time. I know, but I remember those fries. You didn't even hear me. I said we'll post it on Friday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I did there? <laughs> I'm really doing this. Anyway, <laughs> the movie opens up. Dad is going to Chinatown, and I'm, I guess, just in their hometown. No, no, no. If they were in Chinatown, he would have been oh, in like Chicago traveling. or San Francisco or somewhere like that. That's right. So he really he is traveling, ends up in Chinatown, goes to see uh, a guy about selling one of his inventions mm-hmm. so he can sell it in his store. And now you get the dude with the milky eye. Yes, the old the old man. Which a little kid is like leading him down these alleys and stairways. Which, which I'm let's like, be this honest, this is real sketch. But okay, right? And let's be honest, that's supposed to be a rip off a short round from I Indiana know. Jones. One hundred percent. They should have yeah. just got short round. Yeah, I thought that too when I saw it. Yeah, there are a couple things when I was watching this movie, I was like, mm, I feel like that's kind of a rip off of something else. Honestly, you kind of feel bad for. The little boy and the grandfather, because the little boy just straight up says it, you know, they don't have any money or nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is the best thing they could do. And the little boy just sells the singing Magua. Magua. Magui. Oh. <laughs> Mogli. Well, he offers to buy it off him, and the guy keeps saying, it's not for sale, it's not for sale. And He had the best intentions, he knew. But... What does he offer him that he's finally like, sure, you can have it? The old man never says you can have it. Oh. The little boy, the uh, boy is the yeah. one who gave it to him. That's right. For like 200 bucks or something. Yeah, and he tells him the three big rules, which is don't get them wet. Yep. Don't, don't feed put them. them in bright light. Yep. No feeding them after midnight. Don't feed them after midnight. I have thoughts on that third rule. I know, because anytime's after midnight. And say, when does after midnight end? Is it 6 a.m.? Is it 12.30? It, I mean, right. 11 p.m. is after midnight. Yeah. If you think about it. So I did not like that rule. It didn't make sense to me. Why did no one question this? Like, so when can I start feeding them again? Right. And like, I get the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes a lot of sense. So they can only be in the dark. So if they can only be in the dark, isn't it always like after midnight to them? Yeah, it doesn't make... How does their body know? How? I don't know. How does anybody's body know? Plot holes. Right. Like, if I drink milk, I know I'm sick. I know I know. I can't handle it. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Your body knows. Well, the dad ends up taking the mogwai, <laughs> and it thinks he's the cutest thing because he is the cutest thing. He was. What a, what a great gift. Mm-hmm. He wants him for his son. Uh, I don't know why he was so adamant on getting that for his son, but... He takes it he home. Loves his son. And he gifts his son with this mogwai. Mm-hmm. The dog is excited about him, too. <laughs> and he ends up naming him Gizmo. Yeah. A kind of an homage to his dad. Oh, because of his inventions? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never even thought about that. I did. 
That's precious. <laughs> <laughs> and that would go on to spawn several animals named Gizmo, one of which was our yeah, cat. Yeah, you had a Gizmo. <laughs> we did have Gizmo. I... I loved Gizmo. I don't know if maybe that was just our family, but I feel like a lot of people name their animals For Gizmo. sure. <laughs> it's not just by coincidence. No one ever uses Gizmo. It's not the 1920s or 30s. <laughs> well, we named our cat Gizmo because his little ears would like beep, beep, beep when he ate as a kitten, and it was cute. That's why you didn't do it out because he looked like a gremlin? I don't know. That's my parents. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time believing it's o- over them doing a beep 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 thing with their ears it was cute because we had to bottle feed him when he was a kitten and oh, cute. his little ears would like tick while he ate that's cute it was so he gets the the mogwai mm-hmm. he gets gizmo if you will and the, i don't know everyone's pretty chill about an animal that can sing and talk i i don't know i was expecting a little more reaction out of people and they're just like cool, he does he all kinds of stuff he collars and everything and no one is like shocked by this they're just like wow he's really smart i'm like you realize that's an animal who's like a biped and talking and singing and and furry <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> and i know he's like sitting reading comic books and all that he's just living his life watching tv mm-hmm. oh, so precious what was it uh, what was the word that they said and Gizmo ends up repeating it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's okay." Yeah, he says like "neato" or something neat, and Gizmo goes yeah. "neat." <laughs> yeah, it really yeah, it was cute. something really fun. <laughs> Him sleeping in the bed, but the dog was cute too. Oh, I know. Then like clumsy ass Corey Feldman who in the movie you, they make him out to be clumsy the entire movie uh, when I you know. see him on screen. He comes upstairs and he's like, oh, no way, comics, and like throws the blanket over Gizmo. Gizmo's like, hey, I was watching TV. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, yeah, you just you get to see this buildup between Billy and Gizmo and how Gizmo is a precious little angel and you can't see how anything bad could happen with this mm-hmm. thing. But then Corey, how are Corey Feldman, uh, what was his name? Billy Pete, Peltzer. Pete and Billy, how are they friends because billy is much older than pete i think it wasn't uh cory feldman like a paper boy or something he was selling him the christmas tree he brought the christmas tree in mm. i have no i have no clue then it's it just seemed odd because he's obviously a lot older yeah billy, is billy older works for a bank randomly mm-hmm. so he's out of what he's got to be out of high school then yeah close to it anyway i take that back i I guess there really is no like definitive age other than the drinking age. He had to be over 21. Yeah. Unless I don't I, don't quote me on this. I don't know what year the drinking age was set. Yeah. I guess we could ask Hey Siri. <laughs> what was the drinking age in 1984 in the US? Got to clarify. Are we really going to have her answer this? It was 21. 19 for beer and wine, 21 for liquor. Wow, they really... So he could have been 19, see? Could have been, yeah. Because I just found out something today. Uh, In the state of Indiana, if you got approval for some jobs, you could could be 15 and work at a bank. It just depends on what job you were doing. Maintenance. (laughs) I just found that out. That's weird. I work for a bank, you work for a bank, so... Yes, we do work for banks. Thank you for telling people that. No, I don't care. I've mentioned it before. I have an English degree and I work at a bank. It makes total sense. It does. 
You can speak it well. It's my communication skills, except very much. I would have been a communications major if that's the case. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Corey Feldman. He's back to that. I don't understand the age difference, but whatever. I guess they're bros. And Pete Corey is clumsy AF and knocks an entire glass of water on Gizmo. Yeah. And this scene it, makes me mad because. Gizmo is writhing in pain and screaming and, and crying. You can definitely see his, like, even under his fur, his, like, skin's, like, bubbling. Yeah, all those little popples that just come out of him, mm-hmm. like, pop, pop. And they go out on the, off him. on the desk, and Pete and Billy are so, it like... They, you're, they're traumatized but what they're seeing. Yeah, but they're looking at the little balls of fur and just ignoring the fact that Gizmo's screaming in pain next to them. And they're like, shh, Gizmo, we're trying to see what's happening. <laughs> well, there's, that's a lot to take in all at once. Like, I guess, but no one even checked on him. They were just like looking at the balls of fur and letting Gizmo, like, they're just like, oh, why is he making that noise? Like, why don't you check on him? He's obviously in pain. And that made me mad. And that's a really crazy part because Gizmo right away gives you the impression, you know, this isn't okay. This isn't good. Yeah. Like Gizmo's just sitting there shaking his head because he knows that things are totally messed up. I just don't understand how Gizmo was good when he, and he just instantly knew that the other ones were going to be bad. I don't know. It has to be like a, like we talked about the yin and yang thing. You got to have a light side and a dark side. Unless, here's my theory, that there's another way to create more mogwai that isn't pouring water on them maybe pouring water on them is what makes them angry and if you're able to create them in a different way they're mm-hmm. good like however gizmo was created maybe also i also just came up with this on the fly just because i you for some reason had to make me think about it so um you know how we watched multiplicity with michael keaton yes different personalities mm-hmm Obviously, Stripe was the leader. Mm-hmm. He's the bad one. The one that the Michael first Michael Keaton you get is the one that's like really aggressive and things like that. Uh huh. That's what he is. He's the aggressive Michael Keaton. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and then you have like the sensitive Michael Keaton, and you have the one that's really slow, which they did that new batch. What the the one that's got like a like a disorder? Oh okay. A, <laughs> Mm, oh no i'm not sure how to address this okay (laughs) (laughs) but you know they they cloned the clone yes so things weren't gonna go okay touchy touchy very touchy (laughs) yeah very touchy going back to gizmo that's that scene made me sad but he knows immediately that this is not good there's five new little mogwais and one of them's the bad michael keaton uh yeah, I guess he is in that <laughs> yes. batch. Yes, and he's also an influencer because the other Mogwai follow him. Mm-hmm. And so Pete makes the comment like, "Oh, can I have one now? Now that you've got six of them, you selfish bee." <laughs> and uh, of course not, because when he goes to pick one of them up, they go to bite him. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh man, I don't want one of these." And he ends up putting them in a box, and he's like, "Hey, guess what, Dad? We can multiply." The Mogwai and my Dad can't believe it either. Like immediately, there's like dollar signs in his eyes, which yeah. the Peltzer was pet. not good. Was like not he was good. already thinking like long term mm-hmm. and not in a good way. Yeah, that's bad. Bad news bears, don't do that. Uh, but then you see, good lord, <laughs> oh, no, you know that's like a 
That's probably a van for all we know. No, if I think it's probably like Steve Martin from Little Shop of Horrors. Also uh, singing on the bike. On like a moped or yeah. not a moped. It is a motorcycle yeah. is what he has. Sorry, that was like super loud. I would have ignored it, but it just kept going. <laughs> and I don't know why I picked Steve Martin of all people. <laughs> I, I just love his character on the motorcycle and that. Oh, Lord. Uh, okay, so back to the movie. Man, we are like so sidetracked on this. I know, it's great. The Mogwais are growing and Billy's like, eh, you know, I can take care of them. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll grow a farm of Mogwai. And he's trying to take care of them the best he can. Gizmo is still doing his thing. He gets mm-hmm. to hang out with Billy in the bed and watch and TV. Then, but the other Mogwais cannot be trust, no, trusted. They like spit at Gizmo and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they're The dog mean. knows too. The dog like kind of protects Gizmo. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm makes me sad they're so mean to him mm-hmm. but billy makes one fatal mistake where they're all screaming and crying and the guy said the guy in chinatown said no matter how much they beg do not feed them after midnight did you miss this part what part you're talking about no matter how much they beg no matter how much they plead mm-hmm. don't feed them after midnight yeah. did you miss what happened yeah no because he okay. looks at the clock and he's like well it's not quite midnight yet right. and he goes down to get some food for the mogwai and he gets a, a freaking plate of chicken <laughs> i'd have been psyched too and i would eat after midnight and he feeds him and then ends up going to bed when he wakes up the next morning he's surrounded by these disgusting slimy cocoons. green pod looking things cocoons and his mom he yells for his mom and they're trying to figure out what the heck happened and she's like well did you get them wet and he's like no I did feed him some chicken, though, and she's like, was it after midnight? And he said, no, I checked. And that's when he mm-hmm. looks at the clock and realizes it's the still cor- the same time. The cord had been chewed. Yeah. So that was his fatal mistake was he fed them. Here's something I thought of as we were watching the movie. What if Gizmo would have eaten? Well, they can eat. They just can't eat after midnight. After midnight. I don't know. And why didn't Gizmo say anything? Like, he could have been like, uh... What if Gizmo probably, didn't know? I mean, I guess not. If he doesn't know how to tell time, he's not that smart. I'm not even saying that. Like, if Gizmo's preoccupied doing everything with Billy and the dog, mm-hmm. he's not going to pay attention to... There's five of those things. Yeah. So all one has to do is get away. You know, Stripe gives one of them an order, or even Stripe himself just like, we'll just bite the cord and he won't be able to tell time. Yeah. Well... Things go from bad to worse with these cocoons because when they uh, they end up taking in the meantime before the cocoon happens they've actually taken one of the mogwai to the professor to, the professor to uh, research and see what he can find out about it and he just happens to on the exact same night leave, leave a, sandwich a sandwich too close to the cage so that mogwai also eats something after midnight and so all of them the four that billy has and the one at the professor's office all end up getting in these cocoon things and i really really like the um the professor because he really kind of break he breaks down how they're going to change mm-hmm. you know they go to into like a people stage and you know their personalities and all that are going to be way different mm-hmm. and he, one thing you know that was good character work one thing i noticed in the movie is there's a lot of movies and tv shows playing in the background mm-hmm. and Christmas the movies time. yeah the movies and tv shows that they're showing are 
kind of explaining to you what's about to happen in yeah. that scene. And it becomes pretty obvious when it's in the professor's room when yeah. he's in class. On the big screen. And it's talking about heartbeats. And it's like littler animals, their heartbeats really fast. And then it, the bigger the animal, the slower the heartbeat. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a science class. So they're explaining all this biology of animals. Meanwhile, it pans over to the cocoon and you can hear its heartbeat changing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, was a good. neat, neat thing that they Joe did. Joe Dante's a really good details guy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched his movie, The Howling? It's a great werewolf movie. Well, and I kind of thought about it. The movie opened up with his dad narrating. I thought it was weird that it was only in the beginning and then it didn't carry out through the movie. But if you think about it, those movies and TV shows are kind of doing a... a, a si- not silent narration, but it's narrating... Yeah, it's, off to the side. It's setting the stage. Mm-hmm. So the narration kind of continues, just not from the dad's perspective. Plus, I mean, they had to do something with the dad, so they just send him out of town. Yeah, because he couldn't be there to protect them. Because no, there's still uh, I don't know what the dad could have done different, but they have to get him out of the picture so he can't protect mm-hmm. them when the pods decide to open up, and these crazy big the Mogwais have grown exponentially Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they look mean (laughs) yes the inside of their cocoons is just slimy and gross why does there have to be so much slime Uh, even when they were eating those chicken wings oh that made me mad you asmr (laughs) people were probably just losing your mind they're eating i do like some asmr to be fair but not like that not like that man i could i could eat some chicken right now i wouldn't even care how it sounds what is that role models or is like I could tear up a plate of chicken tenders. Oh, I'll just, mm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Anyway, the pods hatch. Not good. And I don't remember, do they put more water on Gizmo or how do they? No, 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 no. Um, Billy comes home. Because, you know, they find that professor dead. Because the professor's the first one that has a big encounter with him. Yeah, in the classroom. He, yes. He tries, tries to offer, a, was it a Snickers bar? <laughs> yeah, well, some way? type of candy bar. He's trying to get him to come out from underneath the desk. Either way, I had to come out for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come out, though. The Mogwai grabbed his arm and pulled him under. And Stuck him in the ass with the uh, syringe. Killed him. Yeah, that's scary stuff. It was... You get your first on-screen death in this movie. Yeah, was, uh, technically, this movie's still a horror movie. People forget that part. Yeah. And and you said Billy comes home and finds out that they've hatched and they are gone, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mom, <laughs> where did and the, the mom's just go? like walking around the house. She's the one that uh, first realizes something's wrong. Billy wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Remember, because she's looking around the house and one of them's just in the Christmas tree. That's the professor calls him and says mm-hmm. they've hatched. He calls him at work. So Billy goes to meet him. And when they find the professor dead, that's when he calls mom. And he's like, mom, get out of the house. And she's and then, of course, it's too late at that point because they've hatched. That, that's right. I remember mm-hmm. now. Grabs that big Michael Myers butcher's knife. Heck, yeah. She, she does. She double fists. She's wheel, wielding two knives mm-hmm. like ready to take them on, which the mom can hold her freaking own. Uh, she Put ends up the microwave. running into the, a pack of them and she puts one through 
it's not a disposal. It's one of the kitchen gadgets. Yeah. It like stirs it up <laughs> and yeah, racks like its grind, brain. It grinded it. Yeah. Or ground it. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, then she ends up stabbing one of them to death. Yeah. Just st- like so, super brutal. Tosses one in the microwave. Doesn't one go in the and fire? It explodes. That's the one in the Christmas tree, I think, where she's walking through the house with the two knives like a mm-hmm. badass yeah, and yeah, then yeah. walks into the living room. Billy grabs the sword. The one that fell off the wall earlier, which is mm-hmm. foreshadowing. That was a very small foreshadow. I didn't even think about that till you just said it. But when he came home from school, or not school, came home from work, work and shut the door, one of the swords fell off the wall. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Look at that. <laughs> and Ma, he comes home to his mom being attacked to one of the Mogwais in the Christmas tree. Yes. And that's when they chuck him into the, the fireplace. That scary eye. And then... Uh... He chases Stripe out the house. Yeah. Stripe takes off. He chases him to the YMCA. To the pool. Mm-hmm. And then things get really bad. Yeah, because freaking Stripe decides to do a... Cannonball. Cannonball into the freaking pool. Billy couldn't get to him. Mm-mm. And that is super bad because that pool just fills up with Billy... little popples. I keep calling them popples. Do you remember those toys? Yeah. Okay. I just remember Billy's face, and he instantly just takes off because he knows he can't There's do it There's nothing alone. he can do now, yeah. And he ends up going to try to find Kate, right? Mm-hmm. And she, before he can, the, the Mogwai, which, why, okay, I guess it makes sense now, since Stripe had already transformed into his second Another form, because all of the Mogwais were bigger when they when they generated when they yeah when, when they, they came back yeah so the other mogwais had to start at the baby stage mm-hmm. and these started at the second stage and i think it's because stripe was in his second stage right. when he got wet so it's just butting off into whatever he was so he made like a thousand mogwais here's another thing i gotta point out it cuts to that scene where stripe is leading all the mogwais down the road down the street yeah terrifying in the snow mm-hmm. snow's water mm-hmm that's another plot hole. There you go. If they can't get wet, unless, I mean. Unless it just doesn't affect their bare feet. Yeah, like if their feet, look at us trying to figure out, like if they have leathery bottomed feet or something. I know. See, I'm ruining a movie I love, and I don't want to do that. Look what you've done. I told you. It's not that great. <laughs> Shut up. It's a great movie. <laughs> and we don't get the shot of Kate right away. Billy no. is hunting for her, and she's still working in the bar. Again, one of these things I don't understand. So the Mogwais start overrunning the town. He mm-hmm. goes to the police station first, actually. Yes. That's right. He goes to the police station and he's trying to tell the police officers things are about to get bad. You've got to get out there and you've got to do something about it. And they're just laughing at him. What? I just realized something. In this little string of movies mm-hmm. that involve Joe Dante, Steven Spielberg, and Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. You know that all their movies from like 1983 to 1980, maybe 586, are mentioned together? Mm. In Goonies, mm-hmm. the police. They tell said Chunk, talk about the gremlins. Yes. Yeah. But little, they don't mention them as gremlins. They mention them as the little monsters that multiply when you put water on them. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. Yeah, they're all tied together. Yep. But yeah, these police 
are laughing at Billy because he sounds ridiculous. Crazy and he kind of does. But he does show them gizmo, but they still don't. They just think he's cute. Yeah, they're like, that's a cute thing. I still don't understand why people are so chill about this animal. You know, another thing that that was foreshadowing, Mr. Putterman mm-hmm. kept talking about how he had encountered something like them in World War II. Yeah. W-W-I-I. <laughs> which also involved, well, somewhere in the Orient. Mm-hmm. which Gizmo was in Chinatown. Yeah, so he was brought over. That makes sense. I do remember his little monologue there about gremlins, and he calls them gremlins. Yes. Because I don't think any... No, no one at that point had called them gremlins. They were calling him Mogwai. Right. He's the one that calls them gremlins. And I think that's the only time it's really mentioned in the movie when they actually use the name gremlins. Mm-hmm. And the police officers, though, they start getting calls into the station to go check on something that's happening uh oh it was it was the puttermans or futtermans what are you yeah drove his uh tractor into the house yeah and billy's trying to tell me he's like it's the mogwais that are trying to stage it as an accident but i know it's time to stay there yeah they're like man stay here (laughs) (laughs) but like Corey feldman had to deal with them they were hanging outside of his house and stuff he had to cut the lights Mm -hmm. let one of them fall to its death Santa Claus got attacked by him. Yeah, we didn't even mention the old woman that causes a lot of grief in this movie. Yeah, she's kind of just like a side villain. She keeps showing up at the bank and she's just your typical white privileged old lady. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, earn your money. And And she is really hard on people for no reason. Mm Mm-hmm. It, yeah, she's in her home, which when I first saw this movie, I didn't put two and two together that that was the same old woman. Yeah. I just thought it was a different lady because she didn't look so mean in her own home. <laughs> but she gets attacked in her house by the gremlins and they actually shoot her out of the house and she dies. I mean, everyone's like dropping like flies. So Billy says, screw this. I'm not hanging out at the police station. And he takes off to look for Kate. Mm-hmm. And that's when he goes, it pans to her at the the bar where she works. Why is she serving them? Why is she serving these mogwais? Get out of there. <laughs> I mean, she could die. She did light a cigarette for one of them for some reason. I know. She's in, all these mogwais are in the bar and she's tending to them. I have no idea why. But then Billy shows up and he's like, well, he doesn't show up yet to her she finally has to like peace out and get out of the bar because they start uh acting crazy and one of them holds a gun up to her face yeah and she's like uh i'm done screw this and ends up getting out of the bar and that's her and billy find each other at this point yeah and it was he's mrs like, deagle that, i couldn't remember the old woman's name is mrs deagle oh yeah but he tells her the town is overrun. We've got to do something. The mm-hmm. police aren't going to help us. <laughs> and they weren't. They were super cowards when they saw what was happening and couldn't do anything about it. And what could they do, really? I know. And at this point, it does kind of seem hopeless. It doesn't seem like there's much that can be done. But they, all the Mogwais end up. Because it's starting to get light out. I think they know, the Mogwais know it's going to start getting light out, so they need to go somewhere dark. Yeah, and movie theater. Yeah, Billy's like, where would they go that's dark? And they go to the movie theater, which <laughs> there's Snow White playing. Because <laughs> that was the movie that played at Christmas time. <clears throat> which still doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you said the white part, Snow White. Yeah, I know. Cause snow, that's yeah, well, why. you know what I meant. Mm, still doesn't make sense. But yeah, all the Mogwais <laughs> have 
made home inside this theater and they're watching Snow White. And Billy and Kate have the idea to get into the boiler room and right. set turn on the gas and light the building on fire, which good call. I mean, you got them all in there in one place, so that's going to be your best shot, except they didn't plan on Spike our Spike Stripe getting freaking hungry and yeah. going across the street for some candy, candy because they had already ate the whole theater out of house and home. And he looks out the window and he's like, candy and takes <laughs> off. Which we've all been there. I know. I kind of felt that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a part of him in the candy store riding on a skateboard with an armful of candy and he's going, yummy, yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. Uh-huh. I'm so mad. Best part's when he sees the... Uh, <laughs> he sees the movie theater blow up uh-huh. and he's got like the licorice in his mouth and it just falls out of his mouth. He's like, <gasps> what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And Kate does see stripe in the, the candy store and she's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, we missed one. And they have to hunt down stripe now. So they yes. break into the candy store and actually chase after him. Um, yeah. That really nice. Uh, I guess you could just call it a, a mall. Yeah. It had everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, now I'm getting fuzzy towards the end, how they end up catching him. Well, Gizmo drives like a little uh, remote-controlled car. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Stripe tries to kill Billy with a chainsaw. Yikes. My God. That's some it comes serious to, business. It comes to pass where uh, Spike finds a that water fountain, tries to get in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's trying it. to multiply himself. They have to stop him from mm-hmm. multiplying himself again. So then they let in the the light, and it melts him. That's right. The sun rose when all hocus pocus on him. Yeah. <laughs> Except this came out way before hocus pocus, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, yeah, and they end up killing Stripe, and the day is saved. But Gizmo's still fine. They don't hurt Gizmo. Yeah, and Gizmo stays a good boy. Yeah, it ends on a good note. They had end up taking Gizmo back because, mm-hmm. you know, can't have him as a pet. I totally skipped over. I was trying to hit all the points that I liked or that stood out to me. And one that just seemed so kind of out of place. I mean, it is a darker is movie. A, you're going to talk about the story. Santa. Yes. The Santa story where and Phoebe Cates. Kate. In the movie, he keeps asking her, you know, why she doesn't celebrate Christmas. And she gets really offended. She's like, just That's because a really I don't dark want to. Story. And she ends up telling the story about how her dad dressed. And this is such such a side story. It really doesn't have any effect except for the fact that, you it know. It builds on her character, too, though. Yeah, that's all it really, I mean, just a little bit. But she finally explains why she hates Christmas so much. And it's because her dad dressed up as Santa one year and tried to go down the chimney to surprise him and got caught and freaking died in the chimney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Broke they didn't find him for days. Uh, they thought he like ran away or something mm-hmm. and they found him dead inside their chimney. That's terrifying and super random. Why did that have to be in there? This movie has some parts that are really good. I, I'm a big fan of the part with the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a good visual. I like the mom when she went all Rambo with the two knives. <laughs> She's just like slicing people down. I also really like how the the town looks. Yeah. I like the bar, even before the gremlins when they're all meeting up and then you get to find out things about people. Mm-hmm. You and better I, believe there's Burger King. Yeah, we definitely pointed out the Burger King. <laughs> Never goes out of fashion. 
with their bad fries. Not at the time the fries weren't no, bad. Those I fries bet. were good then. I bet in '84 they those were, were great. Monster, those were Monster Squad fries. <laughs> <laughs> was it that the movie that I said? Is that a Burger King when I saw yes. like a streak <laughs> of orange go by? <laughs> God dang it! I'm so bad. <laughs> Anyway, yes, it, it doesn't. Flame, flame broil, you can't you can't get past it. You can smell it. Mm-hmm. Remember when we Wonderful. saw that dark cloud over the one part of Terre Haute, <laughs> and we were like, "What is that?" And it's then we were like, we were, in unison, we were like, "Burger King." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. Oh man, yeah. But the the movie does end on a good note. They end up knocking out all the bad Mogwai, but. Uh, uh, Oh my God, Gizmo. Gizmo. Gizmo makes it out. Mm-hmm. And he's still precious as ever. The dad gets back and gets to hear about all the... Oh yeah, the dad missed all the action. All the misery that the towns went through. Mm-hmm. How everything's going to have to be rebuilt. Yeah. Yep. And that I think that pretty much ends mm-hmm. the movie. Yes. You ready so, for some trivia? I am ready because I have some thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So that uh, story that you brought up about Kate... Uh-huh. Uh, Steven Spielberg did not want that in the movie. Did not like it when they test screened it. Uh huh. But Steven Spielberg, what did he? Was he part of this movie? Did I miss yeah, something? He's I a writer. Think, no, I think he was the one that backed it and funded it. It's got his oh. name on it, even. Okay. Joe Dante uh, and him have become really good friends, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Man, this is Joe's Joe's project. I got to leave it in." So Joe wanted it in there. Yeah, because Joe was making a point that the movie is fun, but it's also dark. Uh huh. And that scene is really dark and random, mm-hmm. which is what that movie was supposed to be from the beginning. Yeah. That movie and uh, Temple of Doom, which also came out the same year, they that's what forced the PG rating, PG mm-hmm. PG uh, thirteen rating. Oh. Because hmm. you can go to it, but you need to be a certain age to watch it. Uh huh. Because it can it ha- still has stuff that's dark, mm-hmm. violent. And things of that sort. So not quite PG, but not R-rated? Right. So they made an in-between? Yeah. It's those two <laughs> movies that created that. Huh. Both by both of, of uh, Steven Spielberg Company. Hmm. That's interesting. Or property, I guess. I, I could see say. that, though, because it is kind of a fun movie, but then there is the random mowing down of animatronics and right. the scary story about Santa. I mean, the, Mogwa- the, the bad Mogwais can be really scary actually at at some points they're actually kind of scary this is i think when i was looking this up it was this movie was in theaters longer than any other movie in the 80s really yes because they were able to keep releasing it because it it kept doing well i just have such a hard time believing that a christmas i mean obviously numbers don't lie but that a christmas movie did well in the summertime i i don't when a movie's good, people are going to watch it. Hmm. I wonder why it released in the summer and not in the winter. Probably cut. If, I, if we pulled it up the year, I'm going to guess Steven Spielberg might have had a different project that was coming out. And didn't want to step on his own toes or right. something. Or anybody he's friends with in that in that community. I guess. That makes sense. But anyway, there was a lot of good things that had come out of this movie. You had a lot of friendships that were built off of this mm-hmm. that carried over. They knew they were going to do a sequel. They did not think it would take as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Joe Dante actually likes the sequel better than he did this movie. 
I don't remember the sequel as much. New Batch? Mm-hmm. I remember it, but I didn't know, like, it 100% has Joe Dante's take on it, what he thought they should have been, instead of a script written by Chris Columbus. Because oh, Chris great. Columbus has, his script was really dark. Mm-hmm. And Steven Spielberg had to tell him, he's like, you know, this is still a Chris, this is still a kid's movie too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the reason uh, Billy was going to find out the gremlins had changed was the gremlins were going to cut the mom's head off and rolled it down the steps at his feet. Oh, my God. In the first movie? Yes. Ugh, what the heck? There's all kinds of, like, the, I got to find the original script because I'm going to read it and end up talking about it because mm-hmm. apparently Steven Spielberg's like, we got to change all of it. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. It would have jumped to R for sure. They made sure to... Mr. Futterman was picked by Dick Warlock. They had to have him for the movie because he's known for doing like really good sci-fi movies mm-hmm. and horror movies. He's just always, he's just always good in stuff. This is technically sci-fi, I yes, would say. It is. Yeah. Also, this is based off of a uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> what? We're also featuring a gremlin. We're in, uh... It's is it the red thing? No, the little gremlin, if I remember right, he was like gray and green. It was when uh, Bugs was in the airplane and the gremlin was the thing that kept trying to take it the plane apart. Hmm, I don't remember that one. Mm-hmm. It's really old. I'll have to see if we can't find it and watch it. Yeah. And I definitely remember it from being a kid. Like, it It was good. It was a good, good episode. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the red thing that's like the hairdresser. Remember that? The big red monster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made me forget his name. I, I used to remember his name. I used to say it all the time. Oh, uh, Kingston Falls. It looks familiar because it's also the exact same set they used for Back to the Future. Yes. I wondered that. There was uh, the movie theater was the big yes. like red flag for me. I'm like, that looks super familiar. Yeah, it looks exactly like it's that It's at the T of the road. Yeah. And Kingston, what is it? Kingston Falls. Falls is where it's set. Okay. Originally, in the original script also, Gizmo and Stripe were going to be the exact same character. Gizmo was going to go from being this really sweet, uh, loving creature Mm -hmm. to once he turned because they got him wet and fed him, Uh he was going to become evil. Mm -hmm. It was Steven Spielberg's decision to, he put his foot down and said, no, you got to have two different ones. You got to have one that people can see as the hero and the good guy, and then you got to have one that's going to be the bad guy. I would have been sad to lose Gizmo. I would have too. I think, and I think Steven Spielberg got it right. Yeah. Uh, in the toys, in the toy section where uh, Stripes hiding at the end of the movie, did uh-huh. you notice anybody in there? Um, I don't think so. E.T. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm sure if if I watch it again, I'll see it there. <laughs> They had to they had to do everything they could to hide the the gremlins. They were so worried about people stealing them because they were each one of them were like thirty to forty thousand dollars a piece. Oh, the animatronics. Yes. Well, they're afraid like cast or crew was going to walk off with them, or just anybody. Anybody. So they uh, assigned like numbers to them and gave them to people to put in their trunks uh-huh. when they were done for shooting for the day. It's thirty so to cool. forty thousand. Yeah, uh, the original idea for the gremlins because they were scared of doing spending a lot on the electronics. They were going to try using monkeys. 
the monkey the monkeys once they started get putting like the mask trying to fit them for the mask and stuff they would just go crazy like we can't do this this will never work i can imagine yeah <laughs> and all that uh dialogue that howie mandel comes up with for gizmo mm-hmm. and, and like all the voice actors came up for the with the gremlins they didn't want the gremlins to actually speak uh-huh they wanted them to have like this kind of like gibberish tone yeah. So when it went to domestic markets, people could still just know that they're just creatures. Yeah. Because they do say certain words, but they also just kind of mumble stuff. Yes. Oh, uh, the scream that Phoebe Cates lets out in the tavern is real because a cockroach jumped out of one of the elect- <laughs> uh, one of the gremlins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, So that's, that's a real scream. Gross. I'm still like shook i didn't know so tim burton wasn't a known director yet he was still working for disney but he had done like all these short films and all that Uh uh-huh they were considering him to direct this movie this would have been his Mm. first project i mean i feel like it would have been okay i just i don't know tim burton during this time i just don't know where that would have where it would have come from you know right since it was early tim burton i mean i know what he does now so i could it's definitely in his wheelhouse but i'm not sure what he would have done with it early on right and i think finally the they feature anybody that's linked to steven spielberg including george lucas mm-hmm. so the video game that the gremlins end up playing at the bar is star wars oh they okay. make sure that everybody gets put in there also they had a tie-in with mcdonald's mm-hmm uh, but apparently that fell through somehow because there was going to be a scene where instead of the gremlins eating uh, McDonald's, uh-huh. they were going to eat the people at McDonald's. Oh, but that would have been funny. Yeah. It got shot apparently, but it's gone. Oh. That footage is gone. Maybe McDonald's didn't want, I don't know. They probably got saw cold feet. bad publicity or something like that. Right. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, McDonald's, especially back then, they would have been the biggest company in the world. In the at 80s? Least fa- at least for fast food. Yeah. I don't think anybody's top of Mickey D's. <laughs> and Golden Arches are for real. <laughs> They're forever. Arches <laughs> are forever. <laughs> yeah, instead of diamonds. Yeah. That's, I think we're good, though. What do you think? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'll rate it. And don't get mad at me. I'm don't not be going offended. to. You've been mad at me this whole time. That's because you try to play this movie off like it ain't freaking one of the best movies ever made. Uh, Box office says otherwise. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and rate it then. The first thing we'll rate it on is rewatch. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'll give it. I'll give it an easy five. Oh Lord, we're in trouble. I can. <laughs> I can watch it any time of the year. I'm going to give it think- a two. <laughs> what? I just, this isn't a movie I jump for ever. Wow. I'm I, sorry. I love Gremlins. I personally, I don't know. It's okay. I think it's also from the time you grew up with. You know I, I guess. Mean? Yeah. This isn't, this just isn't something I, I think about watching. Really? Yeah. There's okay. going to have to be, I don't know. I, I'm sure we're gonna cover a movie that I really like and you don't at some point. Yeah, and if you if I find out that you give it a higher rating than Gremlins on rewatchability and I don't agree with it, I'm coming I'm coming for you. 
We can have a difference of opinion. That's fine. I know, but a two. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Everyone out there in Radio Land. <laughs> I, you guys got to start being vocal about some of your decisions. If you guys disagree with this, you need to make it known. Yeah. Te- that We want you to interact with us. Definitely tell us what you think because I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, we'll keep rating like it. Like a five might just... be strong, but I, I can't say it's lower than a four. Okay. All right. So the next thing we're going to rate it on is its legacy. Legacy. Uh, creature features have went on for a long time. It spawned a lot of copycats, critters, munchies, all of them. Uh huh. And then even like cartoons, like without the Gremlins show, they wouldn't even have tried Killer Tomatoes the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I will be fair on this, and I'm gonna give it the legacy probably a four. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's losing steam but it's still they tried multiple times to resurrect it it's just the rights to gremlins is in so much turmoil because so many people were linked to it and have a part in it mm-hmm. like you got to pay joe dante you got to have some money to throw at steven spielberg chris columbus has to get a cut that's what sucks about having all those big names tied to it because yeah. now like it's look at back to the future next to impossible to revive it exactly they shouldn't have done that. They, they did it, and they did that fan-made uh, film that was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't bad. It just hurts the franchise when it you does. do that because you can't. It's it's too expensive to carry on with it like that. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know. I just I feel like millennials are probably where it ends. Unless something does revive, like kind of my age, maybe even a little bit younger. Right. Like think about what happened with Critters. Critters was dead for almost three decades. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, sci-fi buys the rights and then completely buries them. Mm-hmm. Because people know once something goes to sci-fi, it's dead. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I th- I feel like as of right now, it's legacy's strong, but it's waning, which isn't. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. There's a lot of franchises you could say that about. There, yeah. there are movies that are going to be left in the dirt and just are going to be buried forever because they can't come up to an agreement. Yeah. Well, I guess the last thing will... Uh, did you give it a number? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with your four. Okay. Yep. So then the last thing we're going to rate it on is... Just the look and the feel of the movie, the music, the the set, the cast. Music's amazing. I think it has a great opening song. It does have lasting effect. The music sticks with you. It's mm-hmm. you know what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you hear it. Um, the look was good. I yeah. did like it. That small town feel and all that was very good. Mm-hmm. They um, use a real. They use colors very well in this movie and shadows. I think because yeah. if you notice like uh, Billy's room's very dark. Yeah. And the house is always darkly lit when they go into the. Uh, the uh, the shop to buy Gizmo. It's so oh, dark. Yeah. Yeah. As far as look and feel and sound and everything. I'm going to go with like a three and a half. Yeah, three and a half, four. 
I don't know why I can't give it a four or why I can't commit to that, but a three and a half is, I think, as far as I'll go. You have a lot of hate in your heart for the Gremlins. I don't hate it. That's the sad (laughs) thing is it's an entertaining movie. It's just not something I... I I watched it once, like, recently so we could cover this episode, but I probably won't watch it again for a while. Another thing I think I just now realized, Judge Reinhold was in two of the biggest movies of that year, one being the biggest movie. He was in this, and he was in Beverly Hills Cop, which uh, I totally forgot came out that year. Oh. Was I, I thought it was 85. Is it 84? 84. Okay. Yeah. Biggest year. It was like the biggest year, year for movies, and Beverly Hills Cop was on top of all that. Hmm. Which still blows my mind. Yeah. But, see, we're not thinking, like, for the time being, like, Bill Murray wasn't that Bill Murray yet. People forget that. I and it, it's hard to wrap my head around like like Eddie Murphy was on the climb. Yeah. Like I said with Corey Feldman, it's hard to wrap mm-hmm. my head around that he wasn't a name, a household name at right. that point. Phoebe Cates uh she, her career really took like a backswing mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. Well, I guess then my overall rating for this movie I'll give it a 4. It's going to be a 3. So it's not as bad as you thought. I didn't oh. completely kill it. I just don't want to watch it all the time. No, I'm, not... I'm just giving, I'm more than anything, just giving you a hard time. Mm. But I'll give it a three overall. It's good. I recommend watching it. I just. I am going to get, we are going to get some shirts made to Gremlin Hater. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You caused that. Okay. First merch, Gremlin Hater. Stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up the, <laughs> this episode then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all I've got on it, I guess. Yeah, it it's still an entertaining movie. I'm glad we watched it. I love it. I I had a good time with it. Ooh, which means our next episode is our Christmas episode. It's the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Christmas magic. Well, we sang that last time. We mm-hmm. can't sing it again. Why not? I it's don't this time know. of year. How about you just check out this? snippet from our next episode do not cut me off i'm I'm cutting you (laughs) off what bye (laughs) hey wait next week on the retro club i would haunt maybe your mom what Mm -hmm. why i would tell her to be more strict with you because you're rude (laughs) oh what in the world no i am not i'm the nicest person i've ever met see (laughs) who would you haunt you there you go see rude (laughs) rude. (laughs) rudy huxtable over there rude (laughs) you are ravishing rick rude okay stop it i don't i can't even think of a funny pun here and i'm really upset Uh, whatever rudy mcdowell i don't even know who that is what's roddy oh okay (laughs) Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.